Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's uh, podcast episode. I'm super excited to uh, have our guest join us today, where we'll be talking about food and faith, um, but specifically talking about barbecue. <laughs> and um, I, I have this incredible guest that's joining us that has a variety of different background and experiences, and just can't wait to tell you about um, some of the work that he's been doing with his uh, catering business uh, that serves up uh, barbecue in his local community. Uh, we have today Pat Dirksy. He is a church planter. He is a 3DM leader. He's also a denominational leader with the RCA. Um, and he is based out of Compton. Started this uh, catering business and also started up a, a kind of a learning hub called Business as Mission that teaches others how to develop and grow their own businesses. So I'm super excited about uh, how uh, Pat can uh, talk a little bit about his experience and inform the Food for Faith community. Um, Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ed. So glad to be with you today. I'm wondering if there's anything else you want to tell us about yourself, anything you want to just kind of share? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, my name is Pat Dirksy. I live in Compton, California, married to my wife, Julie. Uh, We will be celebrating 20 years next month. So excited about that. (laughs) And then uh, have a 10-year-old boy, Joshua, and a 7-year-old, Anna. We've uh, started City Church of Compton a little over 10 years ago. Uh, we moved into the city with just a conviction that the city's transformed from the inside out. It's been mm-hmm. a complete joy to pastor this community and live in this city that we love so much. As you mentioned, uh, we, we also lead 3DM Los Angeles, so wanting to put disciple and mission in the hands of everyday people. Uh, and uh, just also for today, we, uh, we love to, to talk barbecue and lead <laughs> a business called City Catering. And we do smoked meat, sides, and sweets. So it's yes. uh, glad to be with you today. Awesome. All right, very important first question. What kind of barbecue sauce do you guys use? <laughs> you can't give away these secrets, oh, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I so, get it, I get it. <laughs> no, we, we, uh, we, we tend to do, um, the main thing for us is the sauce is always on the side with the exception of our ribs. We glaze oh, our ribs. Goodness. Otherwise, um, we do a sweet sauce and a spicy sauce. Uh, and we feel like the main thing is the barbecue stands by itself. It doesn't need anything. Yeah. Yet at the same time, I mean, you got to feel like certain people like a little, others like a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like telling people how they should drink their coffee. You better not do it. Yeah, uh, people right. want to make it their own way. Exactly. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I, ju- I was just fascinated, Pat, by your story, by your background, by your heart for the city, your heart for discipleship, and also your big heart for food and how, you know, this seems like a really interesting intersection of all of it. And just wanting, you know, uh, you to share a little bit about city catering and why did you start this business? I mean, I guess for some people that sounds a little out of left field, you know, compared to maybe some of your other background, right? But um, for you, how did this come about and, and why did you start this business? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was putting a couple things together. I mean, kind of, we didn't, we didn't start out intentionally to start our business. It really happened seven years ago 
my daughter Anna was born, and I felt like she really needed a gift, so I bought her a smoker. And uh, and part of it was, I think uh, at that time, it just felt like I was running pretty fast and furious in kind of uh, the, the jobs that I was a part of. And part of the rules of barbecue is everything is low and slow. There is no rushing things. You got to take time. And it caused me to really slow down. And that was kind of the original appeal to, to the barbecue for us was just to feel like uh, it was a hobby I was kind of yeah. getting into. And it turned out that, you know, people began to enjoy some of the things that we were making. And so it began to move from from a hobby of what I just like to do to make some things for our church community to then having people say, hey, would you do this birthday party? And then had a, a local church ask if we would cater, uh, you know, cater their Christmas dinner. Um, wow. And kind of one thing led to another of kind of uh, the word of mouth and and part of it of kind of why we started was a few things. One, it was my passion and it was uh, our worship leader's passion, Barack Bomani. Um, he loves to cook as well. And so part of it for us was it felt like we were always cooking for a crowd and it never felt like a big deal. Uh, I think yeah. when you have a, a church community kind of like making food for 50 people just started to feel normal. Um, <laughs> and it felt like, you know, if I did a little rewind when I was graduating high school many years ago. One of the places I, I wondered about getting into was culinary arts. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the passion was always there. I always yeah. enjoyed cooking. I always liked some of that. And then it also felt like, how do we begin to, to provide this intersection? I think uh, part of the why for us as well is we wanted to be a part of job creation, kind of the bad news yeah. for, uh, in our area was it felt like there were a lot of a lot of youth looking for work um, and it just felt like there was a great opportunity to do something we love and begin to help uh, some people who are looking for work you know get an opportunity to step in and and help out with some of the, the catering events we did and it sounds like that this is also kind of a mentoring process uh, it sounds like there's youth that are kind of get involved with the, the barbecue business. Um, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things for us, we just feel like nothing reveals character more and gives you an opportunity to develop character as getting to work alongside someone. Yeah. And so for us, um, it's been great over the years to have people come and, you know, uh, play basketball in the yard, play soccer, join into a missional community, be a part of our art camps, be a part of uh, some of the outreach events we do. You know, if there's meals or backpacks for going back to school or a trunk or treat, all these things are good, but it felt like people would come and quickly go. And I just mm. felt like looking at my own story, I owe my work ethic to my dad and my uncle um, as I grew up working for a family business sure. and just felt like uh, part of what we want to do is to be able to pass along some of these very same Mm. Um, you know, skills that were given to me to teach someone a trade, um, to, to begin to teach people what hard work looks like. Mm. And so part of it for us was uh, providing opportunities for people to jump in with what we're doing. And there's something, you know, that provides a lot of dignity for people when they get paid to do a job. Yeah. And so we've just found that it's, uh, it's been a way to connect with people who have been coming around and it's also been a way to connect with some people who maybe haven't been coming to church, haven't been engaging in other community 
uh, life of our of our church, but want to step into, you know, having a job, which we see is really the first thing that happens uh, in the Bible is yeah. God gives us uh, an opportunity to be in a relationship with him. And the next thing he does is, you know, puts you in a garden, uh, cultivate yeah. it, take care of it, work it. And so we see the, the real dignity of, of giving someone uh, some work along the way. Oh, man. And that, I, again, this is, I, I think, why I love this idea so much. It just has so many intersections of, uh, you know, discipleship, community connections, job training, um, you know, uh, these funds uh, that come from this. Um, and also just another way to, to minister to the community and provide a, a resource. And um, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just really cool to see it all be done through barbecue and uh, how it brings people together. So I'm just kind of wondering, you know, when people see the smoke and smell the food, I'm sure there's probably something really unique and special about barbecue. What do you feel like makes barbecue like uh, especially unique, uh, especially when it comes to like community uh, gatherings or community development? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think part of the, the uniqueness of, of barbecue is it does have some rules, right? People have been barbecuing for a really long time, um, which meant it, there's, uh, you know, some great mentors to begin to, to copy. There's, there's, you know, I mean, the pattern is low and slow, right? That is the tempo. Um, and, and to feel like you can't rush things, you can't, uh, you know, microwave it. It's going to be a long time. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's going to be 12 hours if you're looking for, for brisket, you know, it's going to be six <laughs> plus hours if you're looking for ribs. And I think it's, it's a good reminder, uh, even for the community is like, things don't happen quickly, mm-hmm. uh, as much as you want to have, you know, that, that quick, amazing story, um, is that, you know, it's going to take some time that, that we're cooking our slowly. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, that, that's been, that's been part of it. I mean, I think, you know, um, I think, too, it, it feels like if you stick to the methods that others have laid out in front of you uh, and, and they have uh, been doing for a long time, if you buy quality meat, if you tend to fire and make sure that it's clean, um, if you uh, season properly and trim properly, I think part of what uh, uh, maybe I'm weird in this, but part <laughs> of I mean, barbecue is incredibly labor intense. Um, and I think it's just a good reminder too, of like, this is the work of the city. And yet it is also good, not just the final product, but the whole process. Yeah. Um, like it's, you got to enjoy the up before the sun, lighting the smoker, you know, attending a fire throughout the day. I mean, many times with barbecue, you're, you're up working for someone's dinner uh, before they even wake up for breakfast. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so it feels like that's some wow. of the uniqueness, right? Of like, you get, you get one shot at this for people's occasion. <laughs> and if it doesn't turn out, you can't hurry up and try again. I mean, if you, right. if you screw up a burger, you're like, give me six more minutes and I'll make <laughs> another one. But it's like, if you screw up brisket or ribs, you're like, you'll oh. we'll have to try another day. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it's oh, not going to work today. <laughs> I love that parallel that you just drew between the city and the barbecue and, and, the, and the process that takes time uh, in both. I think that's really, <laughs> that really connects with me. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering, what, what food do you make? You kind of mentioned a couple. You said brisket, ribs. 
Um, what other what other things do you do you make? Yeah, no, it's, it's good. So as our business, um, as we said, it's called City Catering. We do smoked meats, sides, and sweets. Uh, and you kind of can think of we have a so we have a 19 foot trailer with two vault style smokers on it, and we will do some of your traditional kind of southern style meats, right? Of like brisket, ribs. We do bacon wrapped hot links, chicken. Mm. We do a bourbon pork belly bite, which uh, is fantastic. Oh, and then uh, the, the sides, like uh, Barack has, has brought many of the sides that he grew up on. So it's grandma's recipe. So it's collard greens, it's mac and cheese, cornbread, you know, so a little bit of the Midwest roots with, uh, you know, cheesy potatoes. We do oh, a bang yeah. baked beans, which is a sweet and spicy baked beans. So it's got jalapenos in it and pineapple and bell peppers and onions and bacon and all sorts of good stuff uh, that, that, that's in the, the beans. Um, and, then, and then sweets like sweet potato pie and banana pudding. And then maybe really simple things uh, that people can request yeah. like Rice Krispie treats, <laughs> uh, and then uh, other uh, other desserts that we're uh, mm. we're working on as well. So seasonal items, right? I mean, a yeah. slice of watermelon. Uh, you're gonna do, you know, strawberry shortcake. All sorts of tasty oh, desserts man. in there as well. I almost I almost fainted, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> that is an incredible list of very delicious sounding uh, food, and I'm sure it tastes amazing too. Um, but, uh, that's, that's an incredible list. I'm very impressed. <laughs> um, Thank you. and uh, yeah, just kind of, you talked a little bit about how, um, you know, this is a great way to engage the community. I'm wondering if you can just, uh, uh expand on some of the ways that you really felt like this has brought meaningful, uh, relationships in the community, um, and how it's, you know, made them deeper and wider, you know, what does that look like for you and uh, in, in your time so far with the business? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean, a few things when it looks like, you know, for community involvement. I mean, I think one, it's been the job development. So it's been fun to have, you know, uh, the youth begin to, to work with us. We've had, you know, multiple very part time people who will work, you know, single gigs with us. And then you'll also have um, a few that have been more consistent throughout our time. And, and we see, you know, part of uh, this is to be family together, to give investment beyond just here's a job, but to hear people's stories, to be able to connect. Uh, I think we, we sometimes talk about we want to, to provide the best food that money can buy. And so if you have a party, we want to be there. We want to set up. We want to celebrate whatever you have going on, whether that's a, a birthday party or a you know, a wedding or it's a corporate lunch, you know, it's, it's a promotion, whatever it is, we want to show up to celebrate, you know, it's, it's, it's Luke 15. It, it feels like <laughs> bring me the fat and calf and kill it. It, it feels like when, when the prodigal comes home, when, when someone's been lost and is found, it's time to, to celebrate. And so we want to yeah. be present at people's opportunities to, to celebrate. We also want to also be a, a business that is, you know, beginning to to live out mission as well. And so while we, we try to be the one who provides the best food that money can buy, we also each week try and be uh, the, the, the best business uh, where we provide food that money can't buy. And so we provide 40 meals every week to wow. people in our community who are experiencing homelessness. 
And we felt like one of the most dignity thing elements we can give people along the way is to give them the exact same things that our customers wow. will be eating at night. And so it is pretty fun to, to have people, uh, you know, um, if someone's hungry, give them something to eat, right? I mean, that, yeah. that is just biblical, but uh, it has been pretty fun to, to share meals with people where, uh, you know, they open it up and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's beans and cheesy potatoes and, and uh, a couple ribs. Like yeah. <laughs> that feels like uh, something they didn't expect. Absolutely. Um, and, it, and that has allowed us to to not only just feed our, our neighborhood, but get to know them. They, yeah. People have stories. And so, you know, that when you, you go down our street, um, it's it's Craig who's on the corner who's uh, who's staying in his car and you go to the local park and you're going to see Chris there and you're going to you're going to see Anthony and you're going to go by the bench and there's Angel and yeah. uh, and Michael. And you have people who have been, you know, at these spots that you, you begin to know their names and their story as well. That's awesome. And yeah, I think um, uh, even even just thinking about stereotypically the food that is given to people who are homeless, you know, you, you think about things that are easy that you can mass produce. Right. And I, I just love that idea of something that we which we talked about, which is a barbecue, which is a, a very, you know, it's a labor of love. It takes a lot of time, and a lot of energy. You've got to go through the process and be very intentional about it. And that being something that you serve um, and provide to, you know, those experience homelessness in, in your context. I think um, that's just a really, yeah, I bet, I bet that is a surprise for them. And I bet they appreciate it. And I bet they value that and see that you value them, right, in that way. So I think that's a, just an awesome opportunity um, to be able to share that love in a unique way through, through a meal that was well-prepared, well thought out and and made with love, right? <laughs> is the yeah, yeah, is, is the yeah. idea, which is really cool. And um, and I and I think too, just even how uh, organically this happened. It sounded like you know it was little by little. So you, uh, it already you're already started in the community, which is really cool, right? You already started by people asking mm-hmm. you, hey, uh, Pat, how about you? Uh, you know, bring over your barbecue for this celebration, even before you made it a business, it sounded like you were already so deeply connected in, in, um, in relationship with, with your community that kind of also made it grow and made this uh, even, I guess, viable, right, is you yeah. really have the, these deep connections, which is, I think, really awesome. Yeah, and I think that's been the fun part, right? I mean, so we just, um, 4th of July passed not too long ago, and we had a larger catering event, about 350 people, but not everyone showed. And at the end of our time, they even said, you know what, why don't you take all the extra food home with you? Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty fun for, uh, for the 5th of July um, <laughs> to be sharing with neighbors, to be sharing with people um, in our community. You know, so you, you get to walk down the block, you see people who are out. Uh, and it, yeah, it's pretty pretty fun to feel like out of even other people's kindness, you get to continue yeah. to pass it along to to people in your own neighborhood. Absolutely. In in your background, it sounds like a lot of it is discipleship, right? Whether it's the work that you do with the RCA, with 3DM, and even you know your work as a church planter. I'm wondering, you know, how do you see this fitting? Uh, how does discipleship fit in with this model? I'm curious about or this business. Um, yeah. How do you see that happening? 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, part of the elements we want to have present in discipleship is to make a lot of the, the patterns that we live out, whether that's things like, you know, praying or reading the Bible or spending time in solitude or, you know, engaging with neighbors, uh, looking for people of peace, is that we want to create patterns that are simple, that are memorable, and that are reproducible. So it's like, it, it needs to be simple. People need to be able to see it and experience it and go, all right, I, I, I can get a handle on that. I can feel like, you know, if Pat can do it, anybody can do it, right? <laughs> it has to feel like uh, there's, it's simple enough along the way. Um, but it also isn't like, we don't want it so simple that it's, uh, it's easily forgettable. And so we want it to be memorable. And oftentimes the memorable spot is, you know, if you have an encounter with God, this is a, this is a memorable experience. Yeah. Uh, if you get yourself to, to learn to be, be still, that, that's a pretty uh, important uh, task along the way. And then also reproducible. I uh, feel like part of our goal is, is to reproduce the work that we do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's be fruitful and multiply. There, there's an element of, of reproduction that should take place. Uh, we want to reproduce the good uh, in the world. And I think part of what we see when we engage with people you'll find even from our recipes that I joked in the beginning around, you know, things being a secret. There are very, <laughs> there are not many secrets in our world. Um, what we really find is most everything we do is we're always trying to be, is this simple? Is this memorable? Is this reproducible? You know, the, a Rice crispy treat, right? It's pretty simple. Um, and yet, uh, you know, it's three ingredients. <laughs> and yet, it feels like if you're if someone's new on making a dessert, that's about as easy as it gets. Oh, yeah. But yet, people oh, call yeah. for it to get them back, right? I mean, um, and it's it's <laughs> the so adults tasty. who call for them. Uh, it's not just the kids. I mean, it's, it's the adults. And so I think part of it for us is th- that's one area um, is how do we make sure that the things that we make isn't just kind of in the area of a celebrity that only Barack can do it, only Pat can yeah. do it, only Barry can do it. Uh, these are the three of us who, who uh, run City Catering. But how do we make sure that we can, if we are going to expand more and teach more people, you feel like you're teaching a skill and, and able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I mentioned earlier, I mean, in addition to that, that you know, it's like, hey, there, there are times that think areas that reveal character and also develop it. And so when times are slower, or we find someone's in a, in a hard spot, um, I think Barry is so good at this. I mean, he, he's oftentimes, you know, will bring someone aside and sit down and, you know, even even while they're on the clock, it's yeah. like, hey, how, how are you really doing? Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's, you know, an hour of getting to process yeah. how someone's doing and, and talking with them. And, and really, for a lot of people that join in with us, um, there's invitation for them to join us outside of uh, the work experience. Yeah. So yeah. come to church, come, uh, you know, <laughs> join us for dinner. Hey, we're watching basketball playoff game tonight. Do you want to you watch with us? Um, you know, it feels like, hey, there's an invitation that comes beyond just uh, just the work environment as well. Yeah, yeah that, and that makes so much sense. I just feel like sometimes we need to, uh, you know, be challenged in that, right? Because someone maybe doesn't look at it immediately and think, oh, this is a discipleship opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we we do need to be challenged in the way that we think about um, these sort of things. But um, so thank you for sharing that and sharing how 
to stretch ourselves a bit when it comes to how discipleship can look like, um, yeah. which is really cool. And um, I'm sure COVID was, uh, like, like it was for everybody, a crazy season. I'm sure owning and operating a business was, was quite a challenge. I'm wondering if there's something that, that you learned, uh, innovation that came out of that time that kind of helped you get through, or just some other piece of wisdom or insight that you kind of came to you as you were, you know, uh, in this season. Um, anything come to yes. mind? Yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, again, we are an on-site catering business. So our entire <laughs> business model is based around you having a party and for us showing up and being there. And so when, when COVID hit, I mean, it, it really, I mean, it, it really brought everything to a stop. Yeah. Um, everything that was booked out, you know, was, was gone. Every wedding, every party, every consistent corporate event that we had are all gone. And so, Part of it for us has always, you know, the question many times is what's the minimum and what's the minimum number of people that uh, we need to have mm. to do uh, to do an event. And we would oftentimes have families who would want our food, but because we were never cooking for under 25 people, we felt like there was never an opportunity for a lot of people to order our food because they weren't, you know, either had the means to uh, throw a large party um, and so part of what we did was something called Friday Family Feasts, which was we you work hard all week. It's time to treat yourself on Friday. Absolutely. Um, and so we began, since everyone was at home, basically created meals where we provided three options. You know, you get to pick two, you get tri-tip or chicken or pulled pork, pick two of these. Here are three sides we're going to pick for this week. You get to pick two. And then there were different a la carte items you could add on in addition to that. And we would do delivery and pickup. And uh, awesome. it, it was an opportunity for us to really provide meals for people uh, who wanted our food but wasn't ready to throw yeah. a large party. Yeah. Um, and so that was, uh, you know, it, it, it took a while to gain some momentum, um, mm -hmm. but it did. And then we had repeat customers. I mean, some people had their, uh, their predictable pattern to do barbecue every Friday for, you know, for a good season. And that was one of the things that we did. I think the other thing was trying to coach um, other people of how you can still throw an event and be, you know, socially distanced and yeah. safe at the same time. Um, so we did this for two different churches, which was set up in their church parking lot. Um, and we uh, basically made meals for however many they wanted for their church. And while their church was only meeting online, they did basically a, a Sunday pickup where the, where the church uh, bought everybody a, a meal and then people oh, wow. could add additional side items. Um, and you could come through the parking lot, you could hold up uh, you know, you know, your, your hand of, I need five of them, I need two of them. And you know, we, we would begin to, to, to give these meals to people. Yeah. And it was pretty meaningful for <laughs> these pastors as well because uh, for some of them, just the, the drive through the parking lot and seeing some people from their church, it was, yeah. wow, that's the first time I saw them face-to-face -face in that six months. A lot. And so it, it, was, uh, it was part of it for us of like, hey, it was good news for us on, on you know, trying to do some creative options. Yeah. And it was good news, I think, for other people of saying like, it was just good to see some people that uh, we haven't been seeing for a long time. Um, so those were been 
also kind of uh, the, the meals that we started for um, our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness started in the pandemic. Yeah. That was really, uh, oh, wow. we just saw a lot higher need in our area. And yeah, and so that was kind of our, our conviction to feel like it was time to, to start that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I love what you're saying because, you know, you're, you're talking about all these new opportunities that you kind of started and tried. And, you know, although, you know, you kind of even just shared that, you know, it took time to build momentum. Um, and with all new opportunities, all new endeavors, there's a level of risk. And it sounded like, you know, you're willing to take them. But what do you... I guess, what do you feel like allows you to take risk and how do you learn from, you know, failed opportunities or how do you learn from failure? How do you, how do you grow from it? I think sometimes, you know, and myself included, risk just sounds scary. Trying something new sounds scary. Um, But it sounds like there were great ministry opportunities that came from it, great relationships that came from it, great moments. But just sometimes it can just feel scary to try new things so i guess what do you how do you think about risk when it comes to trying something new yeah i mean i i i don't like failing just like the next guy (laughs) (laughs) um you know and i think part of it for us was i mean i think you risk because you also see that there's a potential reward there yeah um and i think also too for us to, to feel like you know I think even some of our own language would, would be like, well, how about we just try it? Yeah. And then it just becomes a learning moment when it's done. Right. Uh, and, and some of those learning moments cost you some time because it didn't work. Some of them cost you some money because it didn't work. Um, but I think part of what we began to find is I think I've always been inspired by the Trappist monks. And part of what they said is your goal is to aim beyond the target. Yeah. And so I think part of what we've tried to go after um, is really the, you know, Matthew six thirty three of, of uh, seeking the kingdom first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you do, um, you might not have all of the outcomes that you hope for. Like, what, I, I wish we would have made a little bit more money <laughs> or at least broke even on this one. Um, but it also felt like, hey, some of the people you got to hire that day is yeah. you got to give Randy work today. You got to have a conversation. You got to... Uh, you had this family that was encouraged by being together. You get to hear stories from people to say things like, hey, this is, uh, you know, the pandemic got to be pretty hard <laughs> on those days. And yeah. some of the kids didn't know what day of the week it was. And so there was, it was one family who picked up their food and, um, you know, they said, hey, my son asked this morning what day it is. Um, and, he, and he said, it's Friday. Wait, is it barbecue day? <laughs> <laughs> That's how they knew what day it was. And it was like, man, it, it was, uh, it was, it was good. And so I think, yeah, I love you know, that. it, it feels like, I guess one, you know, it, it's learning experience. Um, and I think too, it's, it's trying to feel too like, hey, failure, even if it doesn't work out the way you uh, hoped it would, yeah, that, that doesn't define you. In fact, it, it actually gives you probably more authority. Because um, you're just not an idea person. You've you've tried it, and you know things that either failed or worked or sort of worked. Um, yeah. And it also is is way easier to uh, steer something that's moving. Yeah. Um, and so I think part of it was, you know, we started with only offering family meals, and then we found out, oh, that was for people like four to six people in a family. Mm-hmm. Then we had some people saying, I'm good eating leftovers. 
but you know, I'm a, I'm a single guy and I'm eating yeah. it pretty often. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, it moved to, all right, let's start making meals for two to three. And then we started getting requests for, Hey, would you make an individual plate? Yeah. Um, and so we started with just one thing in mind and just a family meal. And as we went on, then it was like three different options plus a la carte options plus, you know, yeah. and it, it only, I think we only got there cause we, had some bad weeks <laughs> and, um, and find out, you know, people say, Hey, I order every time you have brisket. Yeah. Um, and if it's not there, I'm, I'm not ordering this week, but you know, I think it allows us to, to try something out and, and learn from it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I um, appreciate what you have to say about that. And yeah, it's, it's always going to be scary, but I love the aiming beyond the target. That sounds like it, it helps you develop some resiliency in the face of, you know, of those challenges, um, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, wondering just the connection and relationship between, you know, your church and this uh, business. I'm uh, just kind of curious to know what that looks like, how that operates. You know, I'm sure there are places where, you know, it makes sense to connect, some where it doesn't. But what's what's that relationship um, between what, what does that look like between the church and the barbecue business? Yeah, so City Church of Compton is is a you know is a nonprofit. It's our church. Um, it's the ministry we do uh, here in the city, uh, where City Catering is a for-profit business that feels like a lot of overlap in certain areas because uh, I run City Catering along with. Uh, Barack Bomani, who is our worship leader, and Barry Cunnigan, who is a teaching elder in our church, mm-hmm. and so it it gets to be uh, it gets to be challenging when we keep getting requests for Sundays uh, <laughs> of uh, of how do we integrate these things, and and so part of it is um, yeah we we very much uh, I think our we love our local community we want to hire out of our local community um, that's part of our desire yeah. uh, it, it also feels like you know, the, the easiest place to begin to look are the people on our block and the people in our church. And so it feels like there's quite a bit of integration on who we look for and what we can invite people to beyond that. Yeah. Um, I think you, you asked some of those questions earlier, and I think part of our desire is, you know, to lead people towards Jesus. Um, and that's, you know, some people that, that means they walk in the church door, and for others, uh, they wouldn't be ready for that, but they would be willing to you know, come and, and work for a day uh, and allows us to build some relationship um, there as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that, the flexibility there and the way that um, just they complement each other, right? They're, they mm-hmm. complement each other in uh, just a really cool way. And you're, you're reaching people who you wouldn't otherwise be able to build relationships and connections with. They're, uh, again, like you mentioned, wouldn't step into uh, into a church, but they'll come hang out with you and make some barbecue, uh, which is awesome. And both are just needed. Both those spaces are needed. Um, so I love how you um, are creating creating that space. So I'm I'm sure there are people who are just wondering, you know, what it actually what did it take to start this business? You know, maybe it sounds like really intimidating. It sounds really overwhelming to start a business, and maybe that. Is, is true. Maybe they should feel overwhelmed. Maybe they should feel like it's a lot of work. But uh, for you, what was your experience like starting this business? 
can you just walk us through what the process was like uh, and the time and energy that it takes to um, to start one? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, part of it was for us and what I would even encourage for other people is it needs to start around your passion. You know, it's like, what are you going to what are you going to be willing to, to suffer for a little while uh, because you enjoy it so much? You know, I mean, I think your passion is really like what's going to get you up early in the morning. What would you uh, if you got a little free time, you'd want to do it. You know, you're just trying to fit it in. So I think passion is important. I think uh, too often in the ministry world, people uh, are good problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And so they see what's wrong with, uh, you know, their neighborhood, their area, and they then go about trying to find a solution to that. And I think uh, we also probably fall into this temptation that if it if it isn't big, it's not, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. And so I think what my encouragement for people is, you know, you start small. You know, my the very first smoker that I had was an 18-inch uh, Weber Smoky Mountain. And it was uh, one that was great to learn on and a lot of fun. And, you know, it doesn't cost a whole lot. Uh, it was, you know, for when you think of a business, um, your, your smoker was, you know, 300 bucks. Um, and that was where you got the start. And then it moved to... Uh, a slightly bigger of the exact same style smoker. Um, (laughs) And, and we didn't start with, uh, you know, it was just providing pulled pork for a birthday party. Um, It wasn't catering the whole thing. It was just, just doing some of the things you're passionate about. Uh, And I think the same way is, yeah, what, what gets to be, you know, for people is to feel like, how do you start, you know, slow and grow into it. And I think it really shows someone's passion too, because it's like, would you, would you still want to do this after working your other job? Yeah. Um, if you had a little free time or if it's like, no, if someone's not paying me to do this, I'm not going to step into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I see people who have started even locally here, you know, their, their videography business or their photography business or, you know, Arnaldo, uh, who is our, our Spanish pastor here at, uh, at city church, you know, he runs a t-shirt shop and he's got his own, oh, cool. you know, brick and mortar now, but he started in a garage. And so it, it just feels like, Hey, don't be afraid to start small. Um, we're, we're even told to, to not despise the days of small beginnings. Um, and so I think it feels like, Hey, be willing to give it a shot and, and look beyond the target. Don't just yeah. look at dollars and cents. You do have to, if it's going to be a, a moneymaker uh, in the future, or you want yeah. to make a living, you do have to make money. Uh, otherwise, it's just a hobby, and it's yeah. okay to have hobbies too. But it also feels too like, yeah, I mean, it, it can't be the only scorecard. We've got to have a scorecard that's that's bigger than that. Yeah. No, I love that. I heard passion and start small. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just have one more question for you. It's something that I ask everybody, but I uh, love asking it. Uh, what is your favorite food memory? Yeah, good question. Um, it's funny because the, the food memory on this one probably has almost less to do. It, it actually has to do with the smell instead, which is uh, <laughs> the food memory uh, my own family, uh, mom, dad, brother, we had a gas grill 
uh, growing up. And so uh, for me, the smell of charcoal mm. um, brings me back to uh, family gatherings yeah. and going to grandma and grandpa's house. I grew up in Wisconsin, so, you know, we're not fancy. It, it's hamburgers, <laughs> bratwurst, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, this is what's probably going to be on the grill. Sure. Um, and yet for me, the, the memory is standing outside being with family, I think just like anything else, right? It's, it's the anticipation of eating, yeah. but I think in some ways you're like, I'm standing by people that, that I care about. And, uh, and I think that's what our desire is. Even when we cook now is, uh, mm-hmm. we say we want to be the second best thing at the party. Yeah. Um, we feel like the people automatically <laughs> should be the best thing at a party, but, mm-hmm. uh, we want to be number two. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that's part of our goal and that's why it, out of all the, the steps of, uh, smoking still up early in the morning, lighting, uh, lighting the fire, it still brings me back, um, yeah. you know, to childhood. Absolutely. Oh, that's really good. And that, that smell is just so iconic too. Absolutely. It, it definitely, um, very potent. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much, Pat. I just want to give you an opportunity to just share maybe, you know, what's going on with you. I know that you, uh, you have a business as mission um, uh, that you kind of just started up. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that if people want to follow up and chat with you. Absolutely. I mean, a few things. One, if you're other, ever in Southern California, come, uh, come yes. check us out, City Catering. Um, <laughs> And uh, probably our excitement that we begin to have is in the beginning of the year, we just purchased a building, which is all about wow. the intersection uh, of what we've been talking about today. We, we right. bought a building that's going to be called The Lab, and it is the intersection of ministry and marketplace. And so we desire to have church and after school program and uh, uh, business classes that uh, will be in this building. And we also want to have some for-profit activity, marketplace activities of a coffee shop. Our barbecue business will be out of there. Yeah. Um, a potential music studio will uh, be in this space. Cool. Uh, and so if uh, if people want to, to reach out to me and connect, uh, would, would love to uh, connect with people, um, they, can, they can do that uh, at throw my phone number out here of 562-900-8932 and feel free to text or call. would love to hear some of your story. And if you're also um, someone who's wondering about what does it look like to be co-vocational? What does it look like to be both in the, in ministry and in the marketplace? Um, Would, would love to to talk about that uh, as well. And uh, you also can, uh, Find me on email um, at pdirksy at rca.org. And I would would love to uh, connect with you there as well. So grateful. Yeah, amazing, Pat. Thank you so much for your story, the work that you're doing, your passion, and you following it and starting small. I love how you're, you know, you practice what you preach with that. And, uh, uh, yeah, everybody, make some barbecue. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, yes. But, um, yeah, thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate your time, and we'll see you all in the next one. Take care. Excellent. Bye.